humans. Hello, 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 humans. Good Monday morning to you. How are you? I hope that you are doing well as we sort of close out the summer. I'm not thrilled to be able to say that. Trust me. Uh, you're listening to a bicyclist and, you know, I only get like a good five or six months, maybe six, but maybe only good five months to be on my bike every year. And um, yeah, so there you go. Well, good Monday morning. We have a phenomenal show uh, this Monday morning. Uh, we are going to talk about the media and idealism. I have um, a wonderful surprise guest, although I'll just tell you who it is right now, Chad Larson, who is the owner of KTNF. He's going to be the big interview today and you're going to, uh, this morning, and you're going to hear about, a little bit about his story and about how at 30 years old he became the owner of a radio station, which I think is kind of phenomenal. But on top of that, he's just a darn nice guy who's got a heck of a positive outcome about the world. So we'll be talking to him. And then um, at my last uh, uh, segment of the show, I'm going to share a little bit of experience about how media shaped my family um, in some ways, um, about being idealistic. But on this segment, on my A Block, I want to talk about an idealist. Oh, I guess I better uh, make two comments before we get going. First, I'm a practical idealist so that people know that. And by that, I mean I'm somebody who believes, you know, in, in um, how humans can make a positive difference in the world and that many of us are out there. But from a practical standpoint, I'm not up in the 10,000 foot level idealism. I mean, we've, there are things, challenges that we need to deal with as we're doing our work. And secondly, just for our new listeners, sorry, regular listeners, you hear this all the time. Um, my name is Ellie Krug. I am a woman. You're hearing a man, what sounds like a man's voice, much to my chagrin. That's because I'm transgender and one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world. Boom. There you go. Okay. So, for our first segment here, I am thrilled. to. I am just, I am just ecstatic to talk about one of my role models, one of my heroes, who uh, actually is the model for this show, and that would be Rachel Maddow. I am so excited to talk about her um, because um, I have been following her since the early 2000s when she started showing up on MSNBC. So let me give you a little bit of background about Rachel. She is now 45 years old. And guess what? Her birthday is April Fool's Day. She was born on April 1st, 1973. She grew up in, the Ca in Castro Valley, California, with a father who was a lawyer and a mother who worked as a school program administrator. By um, all accounts, Rachel's uh, growing up, her family was, quote, very, very Catholic, unquote, living in a fairly um, conservative community. In high school, she was one of those jocks and antisocial girls by her own description. She played basketball, volleyball, and swimming. But you know what? I have a feeling that she was always kind of a nerd um, because um, she actually has quite an interest as it relates to military, the military and to defense policy. Um, she does, and I'll get to that in a second. She was also very hidden um, um, in, in high school relative to her sexuality. It wasn't until she went to Stanford um, that she came out, and she came out in a way that she probably did not want. She did it in a campus interview with the campus newspaper. The newspaper came out before she could tell um, her parents that she was a lesbian. Rachel Maddow also has impeccable academic uh, credentials. She graduated from Stanford and before she graduated, she was awarded a Rhodes Scholarship, and that meant that she studied over in England. She ended up getting a degree from Oxford. She got her Ph.D. in politics from Oxford. She's also, as I said, had a strong interest in the military and military policy. And in 2012, she wrote a book titled Drift, uh, colon, The Unmooring of American Military Power, unquote. You would not expect that, I would think from a lesbian um, uh, TV host, okay? Well, she's more than that. She's a journalist, TV journalist, but there you go. So um, what I love, and that really um, I can identify so much with, is that she got her first start 
in media by winning a contest to be a sidekick to the regular host of a local radio show in Northampton, Massachusetts. So she got out of uh, college. She finished at Oxford, and somehow she settled up. She settled in Western Massachusetts, um, in Northampton, where Smith College is. Um, so she she uh, entered a radio a contest to be <clears throat> a sidekick on a morning ra radio show. She got selected, and frankly, that's how her radio career began. I mean, a lot of it is about luck. Um, from there, she got onto a, another morning radio show in Northampton for two years where she had the show herself. She wasn't a sidekick. And then from there, she started to get on Air America. Um, you may recall that Air America was a, um, was a network that uh, this station, KTNF, aired for a long time. And she was one of the hosts. Um, you know, Al Franken was also on Air America. <clears throat> And then, uh, so that, you know, that gets us to the early 2000s. And then in June of 2005, Rachel Maddow began to cross over to television as a commentator on MSNBC. And so she started appearing as a commentator on, you know, panels. Uh, apparently, you know, that's how they work you up. You know, there's a, you know, there's a hierarchy, a stepping ladder to um, getting your own TV show. So that was in June of 2005. And in 2008, she did her first guest hosting on MSNBC for Keith Olbermann. And I pretty much remember, well, I remember seeing Rachel Maddow in the early 2000s when she was on panels, but I do remember vividly her starting to guest host for Keith Olbermann. And Keith Olbermann liked her so much that he promoted her internally at MSNBC that she should have her own show. And you know what? That worked. In August of 2008, Rachel Maddow launched her own Rachel Maddow Hour, Rachel Maddow Show. And from there, she built a following. I mean, she has, at times, higher audiences on cable news than any other uh, news station, any other news network, and higher than some sports shows, uh, sports networks as well. She has said that her show's mission is to, quote, increase the amount of useful information in the world. Um, and with the current issues in Washington, her goal is to focus on actions and not on words or commentary coming out of the administration. If you have ever watched her show, you will see that she is different from most news journalists. She is first and foremost a storyteller, and she begins every show with some kind of story, some kind of vignette that she is laying out for um, viewers. She has an opening monologue that at times may last as long as 20 minutes. Now, in the media business, particularly in television, that is pretty unheard of. To start a show and go 20 minutes without a single TV ad. That also tells you the kind of clout that Rachel Maddow has acquired that she's been able to develop in a relatively short period of time. Um, and, you know... I really respect that, that she's willing to tell, um, to tell her bosses, this is the way we're going to do the show. Her goal when she's doing her show is to tell you something that you don't already know. And you know what? She succeeds at that fairly well. She follows um, Chris, um, Chris Hayes and Chris Matthews on MSNBC. I know this because many times I'm watching them as well. And she does come up with new stuff, stuff that I hadn't heard earlier in the evening. She is, in fact, a dot connector. She pieces things together, events and people and historical facts. She does all of that in a way that no one else does. I would like to think that someday maybe I can do that, but who knows. Some have called her the most trusted name in the news. And in that sense, my older listeners, you will remember, they used to say that about someone else as well. His name was Walter Cronkite. I think it's kind of cool that you can equate Walter Cronkite with a 45-year-old lesbian in the media right now. I just think that's cool. Not that it's all about sexuality. I think that what makes Rachel most endearing, and I think the reason that her message gets across and that she can grab us is that she's willing to be self-effacing. She's willing to admit the mistakes that she ha makes on the air. And you know what? She's authentic. She just is She's willing to laugh at herself right there, live, right in front of everybody. And you know what? That endears you to her. 
I, I just, I, I don't know this woman, but I feel close to her because of the way she does her shows. She is uh, certainly a role model for many LGBTQ people. Um, and, you know, and, and for certainly a lot of young people as well. For me, she's my roadmap. Most of what I do on this show is styled after Rachel Maddow. I know you'd never know that, of course, because it's not very good. Um, but she is my role model, actually. And, um, and truth be told, my goal is to be on the Rachel Maddow show. I mean, it is on the bucket list. I think it might be item number one on the bucket list. And, and I don't want one of those things where I'm a, on a screen talking to her. I want to be invited to New York City. I want to be in, in the studio with her sitting across from the desk so that she can reach her hand out and say, uh, thank you, my friend, when we're done with the interview. In this time of difficulty that we're facing in our country, Rachel Maddow is a beacon of light. She is a beacon of hope. She gives all of us reason to believe that we can get past all the crap, all the stuff that we're experiencing now. And for that, I am so eternally grateful that she exists and for the work that she does. If you like what you hear, please visit my website at elliekrug.com. Sign up for my newsletter, The Ripple. People love my monthly newsletter. We're just about 5,000 people on my mailing list, which I don't think is too bad. Email me, as I said. We'd love to hear from you. When we come back, we're going to do the interview with Chad Larson, the owner of KTNF. Thanks. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Hi, this is Charlie. My dad is Minnesota's wildly popular and handsome radio host, Matt McNeil. Did I say that right, Dad? Perfect! When I got my driver's license, my parents let me drive a Sienna from Rudy Luther Toyota. I love it. It's easy, comfortable, and hauls all my baseball gear. And my parents love the safety. That's why they wanted me in the Sienna. Thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota, my son is safe as he begins his driving adventure. We're a two Sienna family thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota. Visit them today in Golden Valley at 169 and 394. At Burger Moe's, Mondays no longer need to be a drag. Dine on the beautiful patio for Burger Monday Madness every Monday after 4 p.m., where you can order any burger and fries off menu for just $6. Not valid on Excel event evenings. Burger Moe's offers 20 fresh, never-frozen burger varieties, as well as delicious appetizers, soups, salads, and unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul, with plenty of free parking, and online at BurgerMoe's.com. Join New York Times best-selling author William Kent Kruger for a night of intrigue and mystery on Tuesday, August 28th at Common Good Books. Kruger will read from his next entry in the Cork O'Connor series, Desolation Mountain. It's a punch-to-the-gut novel about a father-son team working to uncover the truth behind the tragic plane crash of a senator and the mysterious disappearances of several first responders. That's William Kent Kruger at Common Good Books in St. Paul on Tuesday, August 28th at 7 p.m. Visit commongoodbooks.com. Saturdays at 1 p.m., you have a chance at a fresh start, a new beginning. Hi, everybody. This is Freddie Bell, host of New Beginnings. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, spirituality, and even entertainment. Every day is a chance for a fresh start. Join us Saturdays at 1 p.m. for New Beginnings with Freddie Bell on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you.
back on LE 2.0 Radio. Oh, my God, Rachel Maddow. I could have talked about her all day. I'm just going to tell you that. Um, I know you picked up that I am just really such a fan. But now I am thrilled because I have in the studio with me for the big interview another person I'm a huge fan of, and that would be Chad Larson, who is the owner of KTNF our lovely radio station here right now. Chad, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me on. I am thrilled that you are here. I have wanted to have you on LE 2.0 radio ever since um, you and I talked about getting this on the air because, um, you know, the show is about idealism and I call myself a practical idealist. And um, one of the things that I really love about you is that I think that you are so incredibly idealistic. Yeah, yeah as we were talking a little bit off air, I don't know if I consider myself an idealist or um, more of an, not opportunist, but... Um, optimist. Optimist, yeah. You know, I really believe that the positive in everybody and there's there's the more positive you are, the more that can be influenced. And so I guess that maybe correlates over, but that's really kind of, I think what bases me is, is really, uh, is in that. And, and I think it, from that comes idealism and other things, but that's really what I always believe and, and try and live by is that, you know, if you believe good things and the good in people, um, good things come from that. Well, and, and I'm going to come back to that good and everyone thing in a second, but let's, uh, you know, you don't get behind the mic very often. No, I don't. <laughs> and so I, I know that I have a relatively rare opportunity to really get you to talk. And, and so, and I know, you know, this station has so many loyal listeners and they have so many people that just really believe in the mission of the, of the station, yeah. but they probably don't know a whole lot about you. So no. maybe we can get a little bit about you. So... Um, give us a little bit of, about your background. Where did you grow up, and what kind of a family was it to get you to the point where you're such an optimist? Yeah, so I, I grew up in White Bear Lake, so in the Twin Cities here, um, in the East Metro with a mom, dad, and a brother. Um, a little bit more of a conservative family than your typical, you know, maybe where I am at now in life. Um, but by no means were, you know, we are overly conservative or forced to, to do this or that. Um, so that's really was my upbringing. You know, I went to, to White Bear Lake until I went to high school and I went to Hill Murray, which is a Catholic high school over there, which surprisingly for a Catholic high school was a little bit more liberal than I think you would have um, expected. Was it Jesuit run? At all? No, not nope. by the time I got there. It was in the past. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, no, maybe there you go. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, even down to, I can remember religion classes that were were not taught in just the Catholic realm of, of this is the way things are in the world religion. And, and, and that really actually opened me up a little bit more um, than you would expect from maybe your, what the perception is of a Catholic school. Um, and not that White Bear was not, it was a very open school as well, but sure. it did, it was uh, surprising. And then from there, I went to university uh, and played football in college. And that was really an eye-opening uh, experience for me because you saw people from all walks of life, you know, for my workout partner that was from the Iron Range and, you know, didn't have traditional heat in their house and heated his house with wood stoves to the, um, my friend that lived across the hall that played with us, that was from the south side of, south side of Chicago. And so it really was a melting pot and, and that really opened my eyes up. Uh, to this, to the fact that you know, the more experience you have, and, and breaks down all the stereotypes, right. and that really shaped me, I think, more to the person I am today was the experiences of having some diversity around me um, more than anything else. I mean, obviously, I had very good parents and, and grandparents and family that influenced me, and Janet and Bill, which I'd like to talk about all of them, you know, as we go on. But um, you know, that experience and not just football, but being in diverse places right. as, as really helped well i have a you know i have a saying that uh, human familiarity is the pathway through all the crap yeah i mean i really believe just getting to know people you know we 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 so easily other people but once we just and and in your situation football you were forced i mean you had no choice yeah, it's no. who your workout partner is larson yeah. there you go yeah, and yeah. you know but and here they are but. yeah and you've even shaped me you know in the recent years and that you know there's always uniqueness within every situation and that you grow from that and you know i think most of the 
the bad news and the bad, you know, you talk, you, we read about the, the person that kills this person or does this. Most of it, I think, is from lack of experiences with people and fear. Oh. And, and you've really, you know, I always had those thoughts, but as you and I have gotten to know each other, it really made me realize how big of an influence that has. And um, so, you know, that was really kind of shaped me. And then after college, I ended up coming to AM 950, Janet Robert. Okay, hold on a second yep. before you get there. So in college, did you major in communications? Marketing. Marketing. Yeah. Okay. So I was All a right. marketing major. So All right. kind so. of on what I do now. Okay. But, uh, and you're uh, a fairly young human, right? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. 35 years old. So <laughs> relatively, uh, relatively young. Almost half young my age, Chad. Okay. So you, so you get out of college and was KTNF your first job? My first real job out of college, yeah. So okay. Janet Robert, the previous owner, I went to high school with her son, talked me into coming over and doing sales for her. Um, and then I worked my way up through the radio station until about five years ago when Janet and her partner and now husband Bill Luther wanted to step back from the day-to-day -day operations. So Janet Robert also was a very big influence as well as Bill, Bill Luther, not only from you know, value and, and a personal standpoint, but really teaching me uh, business as well as politics. I wouldn't have said, you know, 15 years ago I was overly political or was very politically astute, and those two were probably my biggest influences to opening my eyes up to the political side of things, and sometimes for the good and sometimes, you know, pulling back the screen, and that sometimes is frustrating, too, you know, right. to, learn, to learn what happens. But uh, And so when I got here is really when I became more politically um, educated, influenced, and, and really started developing um, that way. Okay, and then um, and then five years ago, you get the opportunity to buy the station. Yeah, yeah. At, at what? Were you even 30 at that I point? I think I was right around 30. I can't remember the exact date, but, uh, you know, I can remember, you know, Janet and I and Bill went out to dinner, and I can remember coming back from dinner and talking to my girlfriend, now fiancé, and telling her about it, and not really knowing what, what you're getting into, not only just the day-to-day, -day, but the influence and, and the listenership. Um, the listeners are really what drive us here. If you oh, haven't, I'm sure you've realized sure. that pretty quick. Absolutely. And we're so fortunate to have have such great listeners, but with that's a responsibility to deliver to those listeners, and um, you know, I don't quite think I knew what I got into. I, I understood the business side a lot more, I think, than I did that side of things. Things and um, and it's been a learning experience, but uh, you know I think a pretty positive one uh, from that. Well, and so I I mean, and listeners, I want you to just um, pause here for a second and and just think about this that you know a thirty year old person and we all know thirty year olds know something, but they don't know a whole lot. Um, gets the opportunity to own a radio station, and that's pretty unheard of, Chad. Yeah, I mean, it really is in today's world. Yeah, there was a lot of trust from Bill and Janet that uh, that I could that I could do it. I also was very fortunate with, and we still have a lot of the staff around here. That it, yep. it wasn't a big jump on the staff or changing operations, and, and I think that made it a lot easier for me, and specifically maybe at a younger age to to be able to transition into that, because it was people here and, and very much the business was set up and that's really what Janet and Bill I think why they wanted and were willing to move on was that they had gotten it to a place where it was it was a lot more sustainable than some of the early years where I know you know there it was a struggle to start and um, you know there's a lot of growing pains through those years and I was a part of some of those and and I'm lucky that I've got to learn from them and not have to have some of their growing pains um, but uh, yeah they uh, they're they're probably my biggest influences, and, and I'm fortunate that they left the business and the personnel in place that made it. Although I, I think think about all I've gone or all the stuff that we've gone through, that it's always a challenge. But ultimately, I don't think it was anything that was much different than what we already did here, and just trying to evolve and improve, and. Um, you know, it it doesn't seem like all that hard when I look back on it, but there's obviously days that are better and worse, and and uh, you know we get through it. Well, you know, running a business for in any sector is not easy. Yeah. Okay, and certainly this business, as I've gotten to know it, I mean, has some really very unique challenges to it. Yeah. Um, it's hard, uh, in in part, to connect with people over the air um, when they can't see you, and we're a vi very visual society, and. Yeah. 
you know, and, and sometimes we have challenges where you're, um, your um, team members sound like a dude, but really are a chick. So we have that issue going as well. Um, but as you've heard me say from day one, I, I know that is, is something that, that you feel strongly about, but I think that's the learning experience that anybody and everybody that listens gets the opportunity to change their perspective immediately. Yeah. And so, although I'm sure I, I know from us talking, that's not exactly the, the voice you would want over the air right now. I, I truly believe, as you've heard me say how many times to you, that's an opportunity every day to change a perspective of somebody. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that, Chad. So when we come back, um, I want to talk more about this thing about seeing the good in everyone and what you're trying to do with this station. Listeners, we've been speaking to uh, Chad Larson, the owner of KTNF. You're on LE 2.0. When we come back from our break, we'll talk more with Chad and continue on with the show. Thanks. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Waking up is easy when you look forward to breakfast. Serve seven days a week at the Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul. Try eggs your way with hash browns, bacon, or sausage. There are four delicious varieties of eggs Benedict that should not be missed. And buttermilk pancakes, waffles, or French toast are always fresh off the griddle. How about a Bloody Mary or screwdriver from the bar? The Downtowner Woodfire Grill is located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. The state fair has always been full of treats. From corn dogs to cheese curds to anything on a stick, now you can add a new furnace and air conditioner to that list. Announcing standard heating and air conditioning state fair sale. Get a new air conditioner for just $2,500 when you install a new high-efficiency furnace by September 3rd. Discover more about how you can take advantage of Standard State Fair Sale at StandardHeatingDeals.com. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, comfort you deserve. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today, showers and thunderstorms are likely mainly after 4 p.m. with a high of 86 and a low around 65. Tuesday, a 30% chance of rain with a high of 72 and a low around 54. Wednesday will be sunny with a high of 73 and a low of 58. Snap Construction is an A-rated Angie's List Super Service Award-winning contractor that can do roofing, siding, windows, insulation, or deck projects. This locally owned and operated business in Bloomington was the first company to push the lifetime craftsmanship warranty in the metro. Go to snapconstruction.com for a free no-obligation quote. We are back on LE 2.0 Radio. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday to you. I hope it's starting to be a good week. 
Um, and I hope that it continues. I mean, my goodness, you're listening to me. Well, how much better can it get? Um, sure. I agree. I've been speaking to uh, Chad Larson, the uh, uh, owner of KTNF, and we've been talking uh, a little bit about his background, a little bit about how he got involved with the radio business and where the station, how it got, he got to be the owner of it at age 30, which in and of itself is an incredible feat. I hope, Chad, that you are like on some young, um, you know, business owners, entrepreneur, you know, association group. And I hope that they all are listening to you about how to do things. But Chad, I want to, I want to pick back up on a couple of things. One is, um, this station and it's diversity, yeah. okay? So you've got me, one of the relatively few radio, uh, transgender radio yeah. hosts in the world. Very proud of that. Oh, well, thank you, and, and I appreciate that. I, it's not about me, but right. um, but you've got some other, other things that make this station very unique as it relates to diversity, and that's part of why I view you as an idealist. I mean, you know... Uh, you know, there's all kinds of red meat that you could be given listeners yeah. that, you know, doesn't have to be diverse. Yeah. And so talk to me about that. We and let the listeners know what is it that you've done and where are you where are you trying to go with the yeah. station? You know, we uh, obviously we always have to to make sure to satisfy the listening base. And and so it's always a fine line of, of trying to grow um, listenership and how we grow that without alienating our base. And that's a that's a a fine line and and generally most most of the time we make changes it's very positive and 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 comes comes back to us but you know we have a show like yours that i think not only as a host but a perspective can change the way people think um we have a number of weekend programs that are, are really tried to focus in on a little bit more diverse communities um as well as diverse hosting styles, and even during the weekdays, you know, we do have some of that. Um, the goal is, is, you know, knowing that we still listen to the radio mainly in our car is to make sure it's entertaining and, and, and keeps people's attention, but still tries to grow them as a person, both politically, value-wise, and sometimes that can be challenging. And if you listen to our station, you'll hear the caller interaction, and that's, that's one of the things that really draws me to talk radio in general is you you get the feedback generally on the airwaves and that's that's the goal a lot of times when i get calls people will call me and i say well that, i'll take that and i appreciate the feedback but we want that conversation on the airwaves um but the goal is to continue to to have a vision like bill and janet did which is to have a progressive radio station in the Twin Cities that not only just focuses on politics, but also branches out into lifestyle and, and values. And I think we've done an, a good job of that, but we're trying to continue to grow that. Well, um, give us an example of some, uh, I mean, so you've got a show um, with the Native American yeah, community. We, so We have and, Native and Roots Radio yep. on, on the weekends. Um, we have you know, we have a number of female talk show hosts. We have a, we have a number of... Um, diverse, diverse um, talk show hosts, but they all come from different perspectives. And so what we're trying to do is, is identify and find more, more places that people want or will be interested in um, and then find the talent that supports that. And, and so whether it's a Native American show or it's a, even an atheist talk show um, on to... You, know, you got to give... I love the atheist. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I mean, it's... God love them. Yeah. No, it's, it is really a good show. And that's one of our longest running shows. Um, but so there's, there's a lot of different content you'll hear on the weekends. And, and we try and intermix it into the weekdays when we can. Um, and, and just that... Uh, that we got to look at it to the society and, and as an electorate too. And if we want to continue to to have an influence and have progressive things passed and values in in politics, we have to diversify. Chad, and all you need to do is look at what's going on with the, the country. And, you know, really, what we're talking about, Chad, is we're talking about protecting people. Yeah, I mean that's really what we're tr we're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, I, I bill myself and, and our, my work here as a unifier, not a divider. I don't do a whole lot of railing against yeah. um, the administration because you've got other people to do that. Yeah. And, and just as I spoke about Rachel Maddow, she's got my back on that. But really, in the end, it's about 
us trying to protect humans yeah. and 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 not only protect them but give them the space to thrive to give them the opportunity and you cannot do that if you're afraid of being marginalized yeah. or if you are marginalized mm -hmm. you just can't no you're, it comes back to we talked about it in the first segment mm -hmm. that fear that drives people into different mm -hmm. places and and we try and and have that and you know, I can't control all the stuff that's set on national programs, and I, I wouldn't have them on the air if I didn't think they were good programs. But I don't love when when we name call or characterize things and generalize because I think we can make mistakes and and um, goes against some of the values of the station. And so that's something I try and work with hosts on locally, and so does Brett, our, our engineer. Oh, producer. Brett's wonderful. Um, Actually, the whole team here is yeah, wonderful. It, I just well, love them all. It's uh, it's something I consciously try and challenge our hosts to say, you know, is, is there a different way to look at that that's not just... You know, blame it on the Republicans or a negative uh, approach to it, and and like I said, it's it's not something that we can always control, but I think it is something to be conscious about as hosts and as a station. Well, but none of this is easy. I mean, no. you, you're you're running a, a radio station. You, I mean, it really, literally, is hurting cats. There's yeah. no question about it. You've got a lot of different personalities. You got. You know, some that are kind of, you know, really more difficult to deal with than others, yeah. uh, you know, and it's all just, you know, I mean, that goes with life, with, yeah. you know, any team that you have. And, um, but you're doing such a good job of it. That's well, the you. thing I want to say. I thank mean, you. Chad, you're just so laid back in your, but you're, you're inspirational in many ways. So, you know, I will relate to the audience the first time I met you and, and when, we got together, we even had this huge miscommunication because I said, meet me at Caribou, and you met me at one, you were at one Caribou, and I was at a different Caribou. <laughs> a couple of them downtown in the Skyway. <laughs> yeah, in the Skyway, and, and on like both sides of one building, which is easy to say. Yep. Um, and, and, but what struck me about you was that you were just so earnest and, and, and genuine, and I think that that's really um, what strikes me is is how authentic you are and and it makes me another authentic human you know want to work with you thank you because yeah. when i see that and then you have always always cultivated in me um ellie just show up just be who you are yeah. which of course is about the only way i would do it yeah and, and frankly the only way i can do it because i'm not good enough to pull off a, a persona um but this this optimism that you have about the goodness in other people. I want you to just talk about how do you sustain that in today's world? Well, you know, I think uh, for better or worse, it's, it's led me to have opportunities. And because I've always believed that, you know, if, if you're positive and you stay upbeat and you believe good things will happen, good things happen. And that generally means believing in people that the good will come out of them. Uh, you know, when you touched on, I tell you to show up because I knew your personality was there. It, it's kind of funny as, as I'm sitting behind getting interviewed by you, I'm nervous to do that and to, and to, to be that same thing I tell you to be. So it's, it's not something that comes easy on the airwaves, and I think it's something that people should appreciate what you do. But it is, it is something that's really shaped my whole life. And I think, you know, growing up, I, I had parents that were optimistic, and, mm. you know, my, my mother would tell me I should, should have been married and started a family younger. And I always said, well, I'd like to be more stable. And then she goes, well, that's not how life happens. And she goes, you know, you, 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 you go about it, and you stay positive, and positive things can happen. And, and so I really started it young, but it, it, it's something that always benefits me. And it's, it's because I do believe in people being genuinely good people. And it, it actually, you know, whether I'm talking to a conservative friend that I can't see eye to eye on with just about anything, or somebody from a value set that's maybe a listener and I could talk for days with, like conversations you and I can have. I believe that the positive is in everybody, and it's it's fear that we you know we've talked about. You talk about so 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 well that drives the mm -hmm. the opposite. And I, I've just been fortunate to 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 have been around people and and have 
have been able to see the positive in in, in everyday people and everyday life. And it helps with the listeners. You know, generally you get negative comments. I get a lot of positive comments, you know, but in, in general, running a radio station, or if you look at a comment section on a on a news site or whatever, a lot of it's negative, and, and, and our listeners are pretty positive. And if they're going to be negative about something, there's something that's generally positive. So it, it's really correlated not just in business but into trying how to manage and um it doesn't mean that there's there's times where you, you trust and believe and it doesn't go that way but you try and stay positive and know that that's just one person or one experience and they may or probably are a good person and something had negatively impacted them in that moment or in that time that that didn't go our way you know well chad i think that that's a really great way to end the interview with you talking about how good people can be i truly believe it thank you for being on my show well thank you for having me i appreciate it. i was nervous but i think uh you make me very comfortable to do the interview so thank you thank you chad when we come back listeners um we'll finish up with my last segment at pride institute being lgbtq plus is the norm not the exception their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy healthy life as a proud lgbtq plus person they offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge skills and attitudes for long-term recovery Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. When is the last time you had the outside of your windows clean? Cleaning your windows gives you brighter natural light in your home. Don't waste the summer sun and brighten your home's quality of light. Coming through those windows with Blue Sky Services. Get your windows washed before the fall rush. Blue Sky Services' final sale before fall is this month only, where you can get 25 window panes washed inside and out for only $129. Call 651-447-4484. That's Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. In honor of the great Minnesota get-together, where will you find unbeatable appliance savings? On a stick, of course. At all 10 Warner Stellion stores. Bosch and KitchenAid dishwashers at our guaranteed lowest price, plus free installation done right by our specialists. Laundry pairs for as little as $3.99 each. Big savings on French door refrigerators. And unbeatable savings on more kitchen packages than you can count. Appliance savings on a stick. Through September 4th, exclusively from Warner Stellion. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Nelly 2.0 Radio. Oh, my God. I could just actually sit there and listen to Galileo all day by the Indigo Girls. Oh, Anyway, welcome back. What a great interview with Chad uh, Larson, the owner of KTNF. I, I, I adore that man. I, I, don't, I try not to gush too much around him because I know that's embarrassing to him, um, and probably I'm embarrassing myself, but I do adore him because he's this young guy that's just doing it. 
you know, and he's just showing up. And, and because he's doing it, he's got all of this stuff that the station can offer to you, listeners. But what I wrote down was something that he said. He said, quote, I believe, in the, po I believe the positive is in everybody, unquote. What a way to live, huh? I mean, we can all learn about that. I mean, I'm generally optimistic as well, but I don't think I'm as optimistic about the world as Chad is. And uh, you know what? Chad's way is working because he's got quite a station here and he's got a, light, a really great team of people. So we've been talking about the media, how the media inspires. You just heard me inspi being inspired by the station owner here. I want to talk about how the media had an impact on my family and how it, you know, you've got an... an an idealist here, Ellie Krug, that you're listening to, but we've got another idealist in my family. Actually, we probably have two others, um, but I want to talk about the, the runt of the family, my youngest daughter. So in the mid-2000s, just as Keith Oberman was getting his stride on MSNBC, I mean, some of you may remember, you know, his, um, his show. It was quite entertaining. The worst persons in the world um, kind of thing. In the mid-2000s, as Oberman was going, my daughter Meredith came to live with me. I was divorced at the time. Um, it's a long story, and it all came about because I had to live as me as a transgender human. Um, but Meredith came to live with me, and in part because, well, largely because she wasn't getting along with her mother. And um, she came to live with me, and she didn't necessarily get along with me either, um, and I'm a, you know, so I'm a big believer in dinner and in, in, in talking to each other over dinner. So I don't like, I, you know, I don't like, I did not like screens, you know, that we need to sit and talk with each other. Well, listen, that did not last very long because my daughter is very persistent about things that she wants. So eventually uh, we settled in on watching television together while we ate, you know, at the breakfast bar, side by side, the TV in the kitchen. Um, but we didn't just settle in on any TV. We settled in on the news. And it turns out um, that I made my uh, daughter, Meredith, a news junkie. Yeah, it turned out that I did. But I made her a particular news junkie, and that was to MSNBC and Keith Oberman. And then, of course, Rachel Maddow uh, started showing up, as I said in the first segment. And soon, um, both of us were hooked on the idea of having dinner together and watching MSNBC. I am not kidding you. I mean, that's just the way it was. And it became our thing to do. And as it turned out, we did talk. <clears throat> we were talking as we were watching. And oh my God, can you believe that kind of thing? And geez, dad, she still called me dad and read the book. Um, and so we, we bonded um, over, we did, we bonded over MSNBC and CNN at times. And, um, and it was really quite wonderful. Now, as this was going on, my daughter Meredith was also resisting in other ways. Uh, you're getting a picture of, of this kid, and I, I adore, her, I adore the, her as well, but she was resisting in other ways, including on studying. I mean, we had knockdown, drag-out fights about her studying, about her grades, and eventually she wore me down. Actually, I wore her down, she wore me down. And I settled on this novel idea because I realized that um, no one will ever ever care what your grade was in, you know, 11th grade biology. No one will ever care about that. So our deal was this. Meredith, you have to graduate from high school. You have to get a diploma. You cannot not graduate. In, and in lieu of studying and doing your best, you need to replace that with something that you are passionate about. That was the deal. And you should have seen the look on her face. She was just thrilled to death about that deal. And, um, and you know what? She upheld her end of the bargain. So not long after we made that deal, so we are talking early spring 2007, late winter, early spring 2007. Um, not long after that deal, uh, she comes to me and says, uh, will you take me, ask me, will you drive me down to the cam a campaign office in downtown Cedar Rapids where we're living, Cedar Rapids, Iowa? She said she had been looking on the Internet and had been reading up on this very unknown candidate with a weird name, um, a guy named Barack Obama, and he had opened an office in Cedar Rapids um, because he wanted to be president, and she wanted to go down 
and go talk to them and see if she could volunteer. And uh, I said, okay, because it was clear <clears throat> she was passionate about this, and that was part of, that was the deal. Okay, she had to be passionate. I would support that passion, and she had to graduate from high school. So I drove her down to uh, Barack Obama's office, um, which you know, bare bones. They were just setting up, and you know what? It took this kid got grabbed by it. And before I knew it, by the summer of 2007, Meredith was working, I, she must have been working 50 or 60 hours a week volunteering for Barack Obama. She got the nickname, in fact, from her staff. They called her Tiger because she would not get off, let people off the telephone until they agreed to vote for Barack Obama. And for my daughter, who at the time and continues to suffer from social anxiety and a feeling that she does not fit in, this was unbelievable, the type of acceptance that she received from those folks. So in many ways, it was highly therapeutic as well as um, vocationally um, very rewarding. And so she worked for Barack the whole, you know, the whole year till the uh, caucuses. Um, and of course, uh, he won the Iowa caucus. And, um, and then uh, she... After that, went on to go to Augsburg College up here, worked for the DFL. She worked for Senator Franken. And then she worked for Bernie for a year. Paid campaign staffer for Bernie, went across the country, lived in a number of different places. And then she lived um, and did other campaigns after that. My daughter, who I hope someday will listen to this uh, piece that I'm doing right now, um, is really a hero of mine because um, she's living her life in a way that a lot of people don't. She's living it with her conviction. She's out now in Korea teaching kids how to speak English. Um, and God love her for that. So that is how the media can influence you. That is how idealists in the media can make a difference. That is how when people show up and authentically and speak, how they can change the world for others. Okay, well, listen, I hope you've enjoyed this show. Um, I need to give a big thanks to our sponsors, the Pride Institute, which is a drug and alcohol residential and outpatient recovery center, and Brending Electrolysis over in St. Paul. Tell Bev that I sent you. She does phenomenal work. She really does. Um, we need more sponsors. I'd love to have other people sponsor. You know what? You can just, you can just decide that you want to send some money and, and you can be a sponsor. We'll contact me about that. Big thanks to my... Uh, producer Brett Johnson. Brett, you are just the best. And to you, my audience, thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday. I'll be back with you next week. Take care. Bye.